1: Hello Masterplan World, welcome to our latest podcast. It's a pleasure as always to have you listening to us. We've now been on the air for a whole two months. Thank you to all our guests so far and more importantly to all of you who are choosing to listen, especially those of you who've got in contact about what you like and your ideas for how I can make this podcast more useful. I really appreciate all your feedback. If you've not yet given me your feedback and you'd like to get in contact, you can find all the contact information at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash contact. A little tip, uh, the fastest way to get a response from me personally is via Twitter. Anyway, enough of that. Let me introduce you to today's special guest and let's get on with the content. Andy Beresford is the managing director of the multi-award winning games room retailer Home Leisure Direct, where last year they grew turnover by 30%. That's right, they sell pool tables, arcade machines, air hockey tables, even neon signs. Everything you need to kit out the perfect games room. Home Leisure Direct is a boutique bricks and clicks e-commerce business selling online and via their physical showroom. Hi Andy, I've just given our listeners a very quick overview of you and your business and where you are now. So how did you personally get started in e-commerce?
0: Right, well, um, I started, uh, as a school leaver in Dixons, actually. I did, um, I did 14 years. Uh, with Dixon Stores Group. I was um, in the Dixon's chain um, and I absolutely loved it. I started off as a sales guy, moved up through the ranks, was running their stores. This is in the sort of peak of electrical retail um, and then finished off there as an area manager um, running uh, a whole load of stores, sort of Bristol, M4 Corridor and into South Wales. Uh, I really enjoyed that. But then mobile phones came to the fore um, and it was really it was when the camera phone uh, sort of launched and we went from those horrible little um grey screens on the Nokias um, to be and having colour screens and, and and cameras in them. And so seeing the future being there, I jumped over to Phones For You. So at the time, Phones For You um, only had about sort of 60, 70 stores, and I was brought in to, to develop the retail business. I must have opened probably about 150 stores myself, um, and I finished off there as divisional MD. I finished in uh, September 2009. Um, I left I left Phones for You and I had, had a whale of a time, absolutely loved it. Um, and some of my previous staff that worked for me at Phones for You and at Dixon's now work for me here. So I have sort of keep on bringing people, sort of follow me around, really. So, so, yeah, so my background is really is, 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 is bricks and mortar, Retailing. I was never really involved in the sort of website of things, just at board level. Uh, I'd get involved in the various discussions, but it was always um, running a retail estate. But I had, a, I had a brief flirtation with uh, e-commerce actually back in 1999, which seems like eons wow. ago in the e-commerce sphere. Um, and I started a website called Software Express and my idea was to i just i hadn't been very well actually i'd I'd overdone it at work and um and i got really ill i actually had pneumonia um and i was convalescing and a bit bored and i'd been sort of written (laughs) off for a good few weeks so i started reading about and and I, 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 i you know i started thinking oh this is really exciting i thought this is this is amazing the fact that i could start a business from my own home selling stuff to people um this has definitely got to be the way forward. So we started up um, Software Express, basically selling uh, console and PC games, uh, learned how to code HTML myself and put together a website, which uh, I'm sure by today's status would would look rather rather archaic. Um, But I managed to get a payment service provider geared up and and got everything up and running, and we actually started to sort of sell things and and take money from people. But it... um, it just dawned on me it was ever such hard work you know you'd get five or six sales in a day and be absolutely blown away and this is great but by the time you packaged it all up and disappeared off down to the post office to sort of post it all off and you would made like a fiver a game it was a lot of hard work (laughs) work to make 30 quid a day so um well I think we traded about a year and um I was so busy at work I was trying to do it in my spare time and um and I just I just couldn't do it anymore. So so we packed that up. But I always you kind know, of look back at that and sort of think that was my brief foray into it, and that I would return at some point. And um, and we did it. It was in two thousand and seven, actually. Myself and my wife, uh, we moved house, um, bought a dog, and. Um, <laughs> Uh, called Charlie. He's a cocker spaniel, uh, and <laughs> we could, we were going to leave him at home. So she was working in marketing; she was working full time. I was working full time at Phones for You, and um, the plan was just to leave this poor little puppy dog sat at home while we were at work all day. And after we got him, we just couldn't do it. Um, so Michelle volunteered to pack up her permanent job and start a business working from home. So we said, right, what 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 should we do? <clears throat> Went through a short list of of things and. Came back to when we'd moved. Uh, we'd moved house, <clears throat> as I mentioned, and um, I had a pool table in my old flat. I needed to sell it when we moved out. Um, and I was chatting to the chap that delivered it, <clears throat> and he was saying how busy he was. He was selling loads and loads of pool tables. And I was like, well, are so you selling them to pubs and that sort of thing? He said, no, it's, you know, people are buying them for their own homes now. They're doing their own sort of games room, and <clears throat> they're buying uh, pool dining tables where you can just put a top on your pool table in your dining room. And, you know, you can have a, di- if it's a dining table and you can then take it off and play some pool after you've had your dinner. And I thought, well, I've never heard of that. That sounds amazing. I said, so are you busy doing that? He said, yeah, it's." <clears throat> he said, I'm absolutely run off my feet doing it. So I kind of stalled that at the back of my head. So sort I of think, well, this is quite interesting. Uh, and, of course, back then that was when you know the economy was absolutely flying it was it was it was it was almost overheating at that stage because by the time we then formulated our plan uh, and launched in two thousand and eight, obviously the, the economy had gone from being really quite rampant to being terrible um, but yeah so that that 's how we started that 's how we came to be in in e commerce and we sort of picked. That product category, because of what that chap had told us, but because that's really where my niche interest is. You know, I'm I'm intrigued by anything that's sort of pool tables, pinball machines, arcades, all that sort of thing has always been uh, of interest. And and I, th- I always think the best thing to do is to is to go with what you're passionate about. I'm not passionate about clearing drains, so that definitely wasn't something <laughs> I fancy doing. So so therefore, games pro- games room products were was the category that we chose.
1: Well, so. You kind of accidentally ended up in e-commerce because, one, you'd had some experience of it when you were bored and off with off off after pneumonia. Then you couldn't bear to leave the dog at home, so you decided to launch a business. Yeah. And then the the chap who, who delivered the pool table. I love that. I mean, I, I'm sure there's an awful lot more going on, but I love that as a. This is how we accidentally set up. Or came across our idea for our brilliant e-commerce business.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I think the thing is, I mean, I was chatting to Michelle about it last night and, you know, never did we imagine that we would be where we are now. We didn't formulate a plan and sort of think, well, what happens if it does get really busy? What do we do then? We just, I don't know. We just thought that we could... Start up a nice little website, sell a few things. She could just process it during the day. I'd just carry on doing what I was doing, and it would just be a nice little business. But of course, a business doesn't—it's a—it's a living, breathing thing. It doesn't ever—it either dies, um, or or it gets bigger. It rarely sort of just stays the same. And that—that's really what sort of happened. It, it sort of grew um, after we launched at two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Michelle was doing it all on her own. So she she'd sourced all the products, she'd done the web design. She got it all up and running, and then when it was up and running, she was doing all the phone calls, processing all the orders, dealing with the manufacturers, and she did everything, really, for, for the first year of, of trading. Um, and then it got to sort of September 2009, and she just said, right, this has just got too busy. She said, I'm absolutely mobbed busy all day. I was helping in the evenings and weekends. And we decided, right, well, <clears throat> let's, let's give this a proper go then, because there's clearly a market to be had. Let's do it properly, and I'll I'll stop what I'm doing at Phones for You. I'll go full time, and we'll be able to trade Christmas together of 2009. So that that's what we did.
1: Wow! So that's that's a really cool starting out story. So where are where how's the business doing right now?
0: So we are we're mobbed busy. Um, it <laughs> is. Uh, it's, it's non-stop, you know, it always is non-stop, and that's the way that we like it. Uh, and I find it very hard to say no to anything, so I'm a bit of a yes, man. So if something comes along as an opportunity, I can't help but say, yeah, come on then, let's do that. So uh, whatever opportunity it is, whether it be a product or being invited off to go to see some products right, you know, around the world or, uh, or any opportunity, I can't help but say yes, and, and that served us well, really, because if you start saying no to stuff, you're going to miss out on something. So I always think, you know, if an opportunity comes across your desk, somebody drops you an email, like you dropped me an email. um, (laughs) I'm more than happy to, to, to sort of jump in and get involved. And I think that's what's sort of helped the business really move forward. Um, And yeah, we are really busy. We've got lots of stuff going on. I mean, we've, had a wonderful year last year as you said you know sales growth was was awesome last year we won four awards uh we got the fsb uh, best online business and that was out of 900 people who went in for that award and we came out best online which was wow, awesome that's brilliant. Um, best website with direct commerce uh and then the e-commerce awards which we've been in for a couple of times we'd been a finalist once uh we then picked up two awards last year we were absolutely chuffed to bits we were best uh, sport and entertainment and best small business at the e-commerce award so it was uh, an outstanding year for us and I think really off the back of that that's then catapulted us into 2015 which is again has taken off beyond my wildest dreams when we were in January sort of doing our sort of team meeting we sort of do a team meeting every half year I get the whole whole of our team together and we sort of have a board meeting and go through right what's happened how's Christmas been what are we going to do next what do you guys think what are customers telling you what's your vibe what should we do and and it's always really really good that stuff comes out in that meeting that well, you know that that forms our plans for the rest of the year, and and we really didn't imagine then that this year would shape up as it as it has. So, sales are up sixty percent year on year. Wow, this year. It, it's gone. Uh, yeah, it's gone absolutely crazy. Um, and clearly, you know that I think that that's a benefit of the economy. I think it, the sort of product that we sell is really is down to people having disposable income. I think people are a little bit less stressed um, about their. Cash reserves and and are, and are more inclined to sort of treat themselves. It's almost that they've not treated themselves for a while, and it's about time they did buy that pool <laughs> table they've always wanted, um, which is brilliant. You know, and people get, um, people even get quite emotional. They come into the showroom and see everything and go, wow, I can't believe it. You know, it's people in their sort of 40s, you know. So sort of, <laughs> I've always wanted to have a pool table. I used to play pool as a kid in the pub. I used to play in the pool leagues or. Uh, And now I've finally got a house or I've built an extension, I've built a cabin in the garden, I can finally treat myself to what I've always wanted. And, um, you know, it's almost like a champagne moment for them that they've finally reached what had been a goal for for some people for absolutely years. And that certainly had been the, the case for me when I bought my pool table, you know, I'd wanted one for... Probably twenty years to been wanting to have my own pool table at home, and finally had a big enough place and enough money to be able to, you know, devote the space and buy one. So, you know, and I think I think people are in that sort of mode uh, at the moment, and a lot of people, I think a lot of families as well, are very conscious that their children spend a lot of time glued to their screens—either tablets, mobiles, Xboxes, Playstations—and um, our products are kind of timeless. Really, um, they're far more engaging for conversation and it gives kids something to do I think kids are always a little bit um, got itchy feet haven't they they don't like sitting down but they'll quite have a, quite happily have a bit of a chat over a game of pool or a game of table tennis or a bit of friendly fuzzball uh, and, it, and it goes through all generations as well so you get the grandparents sort of coming around they'll get involved as well and I think people I've kind of realized that it's quite a good way of engaging the whole family in a bit of sort of friendly competition, but also gets everybody away from what they're sort of doing in other parts of the house
1: cool so let's i've just got a couple of quick questions for you to really get to grips with the scale of the business at the moment so you're based in the u k and where where in the world are you selling to
0: so Yes, yeah, so we're based in Bristol, so we're just north of the Cribs causeway shopping centre so we, we sort of picked our location because it, it's where the M4 and M5 intersects, and we're just in a rural, rural location. We're on a uh, we're on a business park which is converted barns. Um, so the our landlord, the farmer, has basically built nice, big, new, modern barns, uh, and we've got all of the old ones. So we've now expanded from the first one that we had. We then got a second. So that was 2011. We opened our first one. Then 2012, we opened our luxury pool table showroom, and then this year we took on another unit to basically put all of our sales team and sort of head office team, if you like, uh, in. Um, and now we've just getting a fourth unit, a huge, well, huge to me. It's uh, got of two and a half thousand square foot. Uh, uh barn which is over the back of our original one which will be another new showroom for us. We're gonna have three showrooms all on the same site. So the idea being the customers can drive to us and we have people drive miles, you know, people come out of London, down from sort of north of Birmingham, Manchester, Liverpool, they'll drive down because there's really nowhere else you can sort of see the sort of things that we sell. Uh, it's free to park and there's never any traffic sort of coming here because there's only sort of tractors. It's quite easy to get to. So so that's how that's our base. And we sell throughout the UK and um and our service network actually in terms of logistics is fantastic. That's the biggest challenge with the type of product that we sell yeah. is trying to get that sort of thing delivered all around. And we can do that. We can do Highlands, Islands, um, Guernsey, Jersey, you know, we do everywhere, basically. We can find a solution to get a product to wherever it needs to go. Uh, and we do worldwide as well. So we've sold all around the globe. We've done Hong Kong, did a did a really uh, cool games room in Japan uh, for a customer who spent a fortune, actually, on a load of stuff. And, and really, we were the only people that did what he wanted. Uh, so we shipped it all over there and then flew out an engineer to go and put it all in and do all the installation for him. Um, we've done the States, um, Iceland, uh, all, all over Europe. I mean, wow. obviously, the, the, the expat community uh, we do a whole load of work with um, because, generally speaking, it's cheaper to buy from us and have us ship it than it is to try to buy in uh, in Spain or France, for example, uh, to buy it locally. Um, we We work to far thinner margins in the U.K., our volume, you know, our, our real mantra is that volume is king. We we want to sell as much product as we can, so we keep our prices really keen, so we're cheaper than anybody else, uh, and so therefore we tend to attract business from all around the world because we are a lot cheaper, even with shipping, than buying in the local market.
1: Oh, cool! And uh, what's the platform you're selling on? Is it Shopify, Magento, or something bespoke?
0: It's bespoke. It's bespoke. So we started off. Um, Using a, a sort of a, 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 a platform-based system, but we just it just didn't do what we wanted it to do. It didn't look how we wanted it to be. We couldn't affect the architecture of it, and, and it wasn't really future-proofed. So um, we we wrote off the I don't know it's about two grand we spent with that developer, uh, and got a different developer. Uh, and it was probably the best decision we made was that it felt it felt wrong. We felt very constrained with what we could do and how it was going to look we we're very particular on on how it was all going to be set up um and so when these guys just couldn't do it they said that they could obviously at the start uh <laughs> but when they couldn't we just thought right no because this is going to be the you know this is our shop front we can't be constrained like this we've got to go and find somebody else and we moved to Blue Box software they're based in Worcester give them a bit of a plug uh they're awesome we've been with them literally since we started um and they've really grown with us they've they've become quite a size now themselves uh and any challenge that we throw at them anything we want to do even if they've not done it before a lot of the things that we want them to do a sort of i don't know cutting edge i would say in terms of e-commerce um they have been able to to pull together manage for us iron out the kinks and get it to operate and they've been absolutely awesome so i think having that sort of platform has been probably one of the best decisions we made right at the very beginning
1: Cool. And have you got any widgets or plugins integrated with that? So, our uh, merchandising, reviews, those kind of things in the website?
0: Yeah, so we use FIFO. Um, so we were keen to try to get a, a decent review platform. Um, this was at the start of last year uh, because there were so many fake reviews and all this sort of thing going along. And obviously, this bit has come to the fore over the last couple of months where, you know, there's been a lot of chatter, isn't there, about that that side of things. Um, and we kind of preempted that at the start of last year. And FIFO, we'd met them actually a couple of years prior when they'd just sort of started out um, and looked at what they were doing. And at the time, it it was a bit expensive really for us but uh, at the start of last year we thought no we've got to do it properly and the great thing with FIFO is it captures feedback from the customer very quickly and easily on both product and on service so uh, we found that a lot of the different companies we looked at either sort of dealt with the company service but not the product you sold them uh, or just the product you sold them and not the service that they had from you as a retailer uh, FIFO does that in in both ways so we did their full integration which was fairly complicated it took quite a bit of time actually to get it on the site and get it how we wanted it to, to look Um, but we're really pleased with the implementation we've got on it, and it works really, really well. Um, Customers leave their reviews. um, It automatically goes onto the website, updates straight away onto the website so that we're getting stars against those products. So customers can read those reviews on the site when they're looking at considering buying a product, and, of course, that then filters through then to the Google results and puts the, the feedback on all of our Google results and gives us stars on there, and in our market, there's just nobody, nobody sort of doing that to that to that extent. Because I guess the, the sort of the actual cost of it and the integration is fairly cost prohibitive for most companies. But we felt it was definitely worth the investment, and I think that that's really given people a lot of trust in buying from us. I think people buying our sort of product they don't necessarily, they've never heard of us. Uh, so they are going to be looking for, you know, for reviews that they can trust. And we felt that FIFO was the most trustworthy. So so that's really the only widget that we've got running on the site. There's lots and lots of things that are on there. But all of those, we, we've gone off and found uh, various different propositions. We thought, oh, that's really cool. That's great. Um, but these companies charge a fortune for doing what they do. So things like... Um, uh, there's, there's things like predictive search, personalization, um, basket recovery, um, where a number of things that we sort of picked out at the last uh, last year's e-commerce expo, uh, we, we, we met with a number of companies doing those things, but none of them really matched what we wanted. But they'll also integrate with your website, and there were a lot of the T's and C's, some of the companies we looked at, which I just wasn't comfortable with them so having sort of read through uh all of the legal jargon i never use uh, maybe i'm mental but i never use a solicitor to go through any of the stuff because i've always found when i've tried to use a solicitor they don't really understand what it is and then they try and exonerate themselves from any blame uh with a load of t's and c's and they actually do give you some very expensive advice so having read through the t's and c's i mean there was one company that was literally harvesting all we had to give them all the customers name uh, address and contact details, um, and it literally said that they could do whatever they wanted to do with it. So they were literally harvesting our database for them to use, and that was hidden in their T's and C's. Um, so, you know, I'm just always a bit worried about doing anything like that, anything that's plugging into a website and might have uh, data protection issues um, and that sort of thing. So I'd rather build it myself, so I'll sort of take what other people have done, work it out for myself in terms of how I would want the functionality to be on our website, meet with our web developers, go through what that would look like and how I want it to work. Um, they then work out on the technical side of things. We put it through testing, get it live on the site, and off we go. And, and cool. you know, we've done a lot of that this year. You know, we've got personalization running on the site, which is working, works really, really well. Uh, and we're very pleased with how that works. We've got predictive search working on there now. Basket recovery works really well. So all those things we've kind of done in-house. And I guess it is expensive up front in terms of development work. So the benefit of using some of these external companies is that you can get them on board for a, a, a you know no, no upfront fee but then you're always going to be giving them a percentage of what they of what you sell or or the traffic or you're giving them data um and i think the long term cost of that over years is going to be significantly higher than an upfront development cost between us and our, and our web developer um and i just feel a lot more secure about it as well
1: Excellent. So, what's just to try? And, we're trying to do quick responses here. So, uh, so on the turnover side, what's the rough turnover numbers at the moment?
0: So, uh, we're over five million pound.
1: Cool. Excellent. And um, what's you've mentioned your team a couple of times. How big's the team, and is it mainly in house or outside? Yeah,
0: so it's, it's all in house. Uh, we started this year with uh, with nine of us. Uh, we've now got twenty one, um, and we've got two staff in. Whoa. Yeah, so it's a, bit, it's a big growth. I mean, that was one of the things that caught us by surprise really this year is it have been so busy. Uh, we've ended up with, with problems trying to get the phone answered, get emails dealt with, uh, you know, and it, you just can't – you can't continue like that you know it's one of these things where you sort of see it on watchdog and people are complaining about a company that's made a right mess of things and you know the company representative comes on and goes yeah we're a victim of our own success and you think well you really should have done something about it before you were a victim of your own success so sort of with those well, thoughts ringing in my ears exactly
1: if if you're successful surely you can afford to hire the people to do it and especially with your product range given the you know the the fact. You know, as you've said, people are so excited to be buying the product, to be seeing their dream pool table there in your showroom or on the website. It's like, well, they expect to get a good service because they're so excited. You know, any any problem, and they start getting scared. It it must be be so important to get get that side of things right. So, Andy, right now, what do you think is the most awesome thing about your business?
0: Um. Most awesome thing about the business. I think it's the stuff we sell. I think it's just great. I think it's great fun. Um, And I think it's all based around the product, isn't it? It's the product and the customers that are coming to buy it and chatting to them and then being so excited about what they're doing. Um, All the other stuff that goes on in the background is all, it's all operations, isn't it? Um, But uh, I think that is the product that's, that's, that is most exciting um followed as a close second by just e- i think e- e-commerce is so exciting um there's always something new going on there's always something to be finding out about something to to make the most of and be involved in you know you can't rest on your laurels for a minute because you'll miss out on something
1: i totally get what you're coming where you're coming from on that one and there's there's one other thing you're doing in the business right now that i wondered if you'd be willing to share a few thoughts on which is Amazon product ads these are the ones for those listening and I know it's sometimes confusing with the world of Amazon ads these are the ads that drive people from Amazon to your own website they're not the ads that drive people on Amazon to your products on Amazon so we're talking the ads on Amazon that drive products to Home Leisure Direct so Andy I know you've been using those for a while how are you finding those for
0: yeah, so I think you're absolutely right to make the differentiation. And uh, we met with Amazon again uh, at the e-commerce expo last year, um, and we've been trying to integrate uh, Amazon into our website. Uh, and And our web developers have done it with a with another retailer, um, much simpler um, product. Type than ours, uh, and then they'd managed to get it to work. Where they're basically we're, we're feeding their entire uh, portfolio into um, into eBay and into Amazon, and it all automated. All the sales came into the back end of the website and was all straightforward. But the thing that we found with Amazon is that you've only got uh, two drop-down options for a product. So where we're selling a pool table that's got different sizes, different finish colors, and different cloth colors, amongst a whole host of other different options we shouldn't we simply couldn't sell it through the amazon portal so we decided you know we wanted to be able to to access the the traffic that's on there but really we couldn't um put the product on amazon itself so that's when we started to use the product ads um, and i mean the, it's it's not massive to be honest the, the, the figures we get through are not they're not amazing um, i think the thing is though is with our with our type of product a lot of customers will will phone up for it so you can't always go by the by the figures that you see uh on a screen for what's come through the website because a lot of people will want to phone up get some advice um and and have us arrange everything for them so so I think there's probably quite a quite a few phone calls that come through but really the the sort of stats that come through from there aren't, aren't amazing but you know is in terms of a proportion of our sales it's probably two three percent so it's not huge uh, but we definitely think it's sort of pay, it's paying its way it's getting traffic through the site and then those customers might, may well end up coming back to buy something else and I think the view we've taken is that you know if you look at if you look at eBay and Amazon there's such huge uh, customer base on those two portals and I think to miss out on that that amount of traffic uh, I think is, is is a bit of a shame so you know we, we try to spread our, our sort of traffic sourcing if you like as as wide as we can so we're not just relying on on one method to try to get customers onto our website.
1: Cool and just to be clear on this when you say the numbers aren't amazing do you mean the return on investment i.e. the profit or do you mean the volume of traffic you're getting?
0: Just the volume. I mean, there's, there's a fair bit of traffic. The traffic is is mm-hmm. good. Um, you know, we get, we get a fair bit of traffic come through there. The actual stats, um, they, 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 it's paying its pay. It's definitely worth doing because it is paying its way. Um, but as I say, you can't always define through that what's come through the phone because you can ask a customer, well, how did you hear about us? And they just go, oh, you're on the internet. And you sort of, <laughs> okay, yeah, but so, so what, were we on Google? Yeah, yeah, I was just surfing around, and you can only kind of ask them a couple of questions before they get fed yeah. up with you. So you can't really get very accurate feedback from how they how they heard of us. You know, we always ask them, and it's very difficult without annoying them to really find out where they got us from. But it's definitely worth it. And you know, we we again we don't manage that in house. To be honest, you were asking about outsourcing earlier on, um, and I do I outsource our, our AdWords um, uh, and and our. Um, and our Amazon uh, through an external company. And they had never done it before. And they, they had to work their way around it and, 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 and get it to get it to work and, and optimise the feed. And they've managed to do that. It took them about a sort of month or two. Um, and yeah, the stats, look they do look good, but it isn't, you know, it isn't a eureka moment that that's made us a whole stack of cash. I think it's one of those things that you do it and it, it kind of trundles along. It costs you some money, but it makes you some cool. money.
1: And um, what's on your, your to-do list right now? What's coming up in the next few months?
0: Uh, so it's, a, it's our new sales office and showroom. So um, we've got a sales team now of uh, eight full-time uh, sales consultants. So we've got to basically move back into our original office and, and position them in there and then move the products that are in there at the moment into our new showroom. So we've got a huge transition of, of IT and comms and trying to link two separate um, converted barns <laughs> together so that we can transfer calls between the two buildings. We can share the same server and all that sort of thing. So we're busy going through that at the moment, having meetings with various companies that are going to do that yeah. for us. So, so that's going on right now. And that, <clears throat> that showroom opening will be awesome. It's, it's going to be great. And that's enabled us to launch our own brand of pool tables. So we've, we've commissioned a number of different manufacturers that we work with closely to make products that we've specced ourselves, knowing what customers want um, and getting those specifications spot on Um we're going to launch oh, that. Cool. So it'll be a range of 11 to- pool tables called Signature. Uh, it's our own brand of pool tables. And we're really excited about those because they, they they give excellent price points to customers um, uh, and and give what customers have been asking for but manufacturers don't actually make. So so that's cool. And also Game Pro Arcade Machines. So we're doing our own brand range of multi-game kind of retro arcade machines. You know, sort of play Pac-Man and Donkey Kong and all that, that sort of thing. Um, so they're going to launch in September as well well. Um and then also in September we're opening a concession in Selfridges. So um, I was up there last week uh to launch their Christmas campaign they'd invited 160 members of the press to preview what's exciting and what's happening at Selfridges for Christmas and we were there with a huge Star Wars battle pod arcade <laughs> game which is 28 grand for those people that can afford to put that in somebody's stocking <laughs> um so we were launching that there which was really exciting so um yeah so we're going to open that concession in September so we sort of get up, get up and running uh, ready for the Christmas rush we're gonna be in their uh, in their Christmas department on the fourth floor so it's going to be it's going to be great
1: just a few things on the to-do list right now. I think that's possibly the most yeah. packed list I've heard from anyone yet this year. But but as you said at the beginning of, of the interview, you know, it's I think, you know, when you said about the fact you don't you never say no to any opportunity, you say yes to all of them. I think that's one of because you're in that very defined product space you know, you've got that pretty niche product range. It's really clear what you sell. The opportunities that come your way are going to be aligned to what you do anyway. You know, it's not like you've got someone phoning up going, would you like to sell garden hoses? You know, it's kind of, so it makes sense because it's it's the momentum behind the business, isn't it? These amazing opportunities coming by to have your own product range, to be in Selfridges and all the rest of it.
0: Yeah, I think one of the one of the key things we did in our early days was to tighten our range. Uh, and I think that's that's something which is uh, perhaps alien to a lot of uh people in business is they always think about expanding their range, but we back in 2009 we constricted our range. We were doing things like trampolines, pedal cars, uh climbing frames. Wow. But it was all products that we were just sort of sourced from dropshippers. We weren't particularly excited about them. A lot of other people were doing them. There's not a lot of margin because they just, just competes on price, and there was no value that we could add. So we basically said, well, look, let's, let's constrict our range and just do cool game Room stuff that is of really good quality. Um, and, and the watchword that we applied to it was, we'll only sell things that we'd have in our own home. And that's the barometer by which we uh we test every single different product that comes our ways is, is that good enough for us to have in our own home does it is it cool enough is it well enough built? Would we be proud to have that? Uh, and it's caused us to actually drop entire manufacturers, to drop certain products that we know have given customers problems. Or when we go out and, and view the factory and look at it, we sort of think, well, that that isn't really all that good. It, it's neither not the right finish or it's just, you know, if there's something that doesn't feel quite right, we just won't do it. Um, and and it, makes, it makes us very... Um, uh, very proud of what we sell. All the all the sales consultants know that if there's, they're recommending anything to a customer. It's absolutely it is the right product. It will be a good product. It will be something that is, is is got onto our website through merit and not just because we're just selling an entire manufacturer's range. We won't do that. We'll we'll cherry pick our way through. And that's one of the things I think for, for anybody that's starting out is to be brave enough to say, no, we're going to literally, we're going to be very, very particular about what we do and what we don't do. And just because somebody wants you to do it, if you don't feel it's right and doesn't fit with, with what you want and you don't think it's great, then just, just don't do it. You know, you can always come back and do it later, if they improve it, give them the feedback and say, look, I don't want to do that one because of whatever reason. Uh, and you often you'll find the manufacturer will come back and go, okay, well, we'd really like you to sell it. What is it that we can do differently with that product that would make you want to sell it? And then and that opens up opportunities to maybe do something which is exclusive or to do your own brand product. You know, it, it can open up other doors by being picky.
1: Oh, such, such good advice. I'm going to take, I'm going to guess and, uh, and assume that that is essentially your startup top tip. Which we would normally cover later, but we're going to go, we're now going to enter that top tips round um, as we're kind of drifting into it anyway. And I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level. Andy, are you ready for these quick fire top tips?
0: Yep, go for it.
1: Brilliant. So, the book top tip if everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend?
0: Don't Make Me Think by Steve Krug.
1: Excellent recommendation. And not the first time it's come up, actually. we're Now we've been going for a couple of months, we're starting to get some repeats, which is, is always good. Um, cool. So that, that one's all about um, how to design your website, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed reading it. And once you've read that, you, you come back at your website with a very different mentality um and the thing i took out of it is you you need to spoon feed your customer all the information take their journey through your website and lay it all out in front of them so that it's so easy to understand um and we did we did that with all of our copy all of the images we use all the videos it's just all designed to be just all there and and that's what customers love
1: Cool. And your next up then, your traffic top tip, which marketing method do you prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves?
0: Uh, I would just say everything. Um, (laughs) uh, as, as As I mentioned earlier on, I think it's dangerous if you try to just go after one thing and exploit that. If something then goes wrong with it. Uh, and you've got addicted to that one route. I, it could be it, it it could be fatal. So we try to cover as many different things as we could as as we can. So you know, uh, running a really good blog and getting people that want to regularly come back to read that um, and share it. Uh, AdWords, AdWords, I I think is a a given. I would say that anybody that's kind of scared of running AdWords, it is really expensive, uh, but it does give you really good quality traffic. A lot of it bounces and you'll get upset that half of what you've paid for has disappeared off again. (laughs) Um, But I, I think AdWords works well. But you've got to kind of stick with it and 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 work it. And if it doesn't work, then drop it on that product or that category or tweak it or do something with it. Don't just leave it to run because it it could you could lose a fortune from from doing that. So careful out words use. Um, I think no, video it, is it's huge.
1: Cool. I was just, sorry. I was just going to say. I think optimizing with any marketing channel is is kind of the number one thing you have to do. You turn any of it live and ignore it or don't go back to it and you're going to be in trouble. So next yeah. up then, the tool top tip. This might be a team collaboration tool, a social media plug-in, time sheeting tool, phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool that you use that makes you and your team more efficient day-to-day?
0: Yeah, Google Sheets, Um I guess it might, might be obvious to some people, but to us, it was a, it was a eureka moment uh, last November because we have to share. Well, I've got a lot of staff that either work at home or sometimes they'll sort of work, work from home odd days. Uh, and we're having a lot of problems with sort of shifting large amounts of data backwards and forwards and, and crossing over. And for certainly with our price list was a massive problem between everybody sharing it from the web development team, the product team uh, was a big problem. And Google Sheets has just fixed that. It's It's just awesome. And now we use it, for so many different things, for everybody to share and collaborate and update progress on. So if you've not tried using Google Sheets to share between lots of different people, I tell you what, it's it's awesome.
1: Oh, it's a tool I am also addicted to. And it is it is one of those ones where you the more you use it, the more things you find you should be using it for. Uh, so Plan World, you can find the top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting, chatting about, even in today's episode, by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash HLD. One final top tips question for you, Andy. If your business didn't exist, which e-commerce business would you like to be running?
0: Uh, None. (laughs) None of them. Is my short answer. (laughs) I really deliberated on this. um, And I can't think of anything um, because you've either got to be, I think it's got to be of a sufficient enough size uh, as, as a market um, to be worth being in, but then you've got so many big players that are just going to crush you. You know, I, I still come back to my Software Express days and sort of think, well, game retailing, that 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 would be really good. If somebody could do it really, really well, um, and a lot of people kind of do it half well, but not everybody does it really, really well. But eventually it's just going to get steamrolled by people just downloading direct on their PlayStation or Xbox. And, and, and literally everything I've considered to, for your answer for this, I can kind of see it being doomed at some point in the future. So, you know, it's but then you don't want to be t- to be too small because all the effort you're put into getting the website up and getting up and running and paying for your traffic and, and doing all of that stuff, if it's too small, you just not going to make enough money. And that comes back again to Software Express. That's the experience from that, is that you could work really hard on everything and just not make enough dollar. So it's really difficult, I think, to find to find the right niche and that's my advice would be to anybody starting out is to is to really work on that And though it might be painful you want to get started and build a website and start doing all the fun stuff you know is to just really work hard on finding the right niche because you'll be working all your days to try to make that niche work and if you made the wrong decision at the very beginning you know that 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 could be very difficult to try to turn around
1: yeah that is one thing you can't change at speed Who, The products you're selling and the market you're targeting. So, Andy, it's been a pleasure to spend time with you today, discovering how you're driving your boutique bricks and clicks e-commerce business. Before we say goodbye, would you like to remind listeners where they can find you and your business on the web and social media?
0: Yeah. So, website is homeleisuredirect.com. Social media is at leisure. Um, And you asked me for any offers we got going. Well, everything, everything is always on offer. Everything is cheaper than anywhere else. Uh, there is loads of bargains on the website, so check it out and see what you fancy.
1: <laughs> Loving the plug. Um, we'll add links to all of that and everything else we've talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World. You can find those at ecommercemasterplan dot forward slash hld, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab, or use the search box. Andy, thank you so much for being on the eCommerce Masterplan podcast today, for being so generous, sharing your experience with us.
0: No problem. It's a pleasure. Thanks very much.
1: Catch you all next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the eCommerce Masterplan podcast. Find out more at eCommerceMasterplan.com.